This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and the MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New features for this year include dramatic 3D ballpark and player improvements, an all-new tournament mode, allowing for infinite combinations, all new scouting systems, significant AI adjustments based on the latest trends, and so much more. Even better, if you order now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to OOTP Developments and clicking on the order banner. Just enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout. Once again, just go to OOTPDevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout for a special discount that helps support the Sleeper and the Bust. Thanks. Welcome to episode 583 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It's Friday, August 3rd. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Justin Mason. Justin, what's going on, man? I'm moving, and my house is a disaster area. <laughs> that is basically how it is when you move. It becomes a disaster area. There's stuff everywhere. You're moving tomorrow. I assume you're fully packed, ready to go. It's going to be in, out, all set, right? Uh, my, right? My folks sent me a, a text message last night like, hey, what can we do to help you guys? I was like, do you own a blowtorch? <laughs> oh, my God, dude. I'm sorry. I don't envy you. I hate moving is the worst. It really is. Everyone says it. It's the truth. It's become a cliche because it is. It, it's it's just the worst. Try to embrace the the positive sides of it, though. We were talking about this off offline before we got on. You're getting a studio, which is very cool. So you're going to have a little little area where you're going to have your own studio um so that's good and there is kind of like once you get settled in everything you get to you get to put everything up and there, there can be positives once you get to the new place but that process that process is a pain and it's it's not good it's not good at all so i uh, i don't envy you and the family this weekend. So hopefully, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for a smooth move for y'all. Um, and you're going to have your own. Kyle Gibson's chilling around you. Do, do I have that right, too? Yeah, yeah. I have my own Kyle Gibson. So, like, I don't know. It's obviously not Kyle Gibson because he He'll lives be... in Austin. And Correct. Correct. He, he torments you. So I'm pretty sure this is Cole Calhoun. It's Cole Calhoun. <laughs> yes, it is. So, uh, and, he, and he cleans up, he landscapes the three houses around you. Yeah, he, uh, he, I was moving in the other day and th- this guy starts doing all the yard work the next door. I'm like, okay, well, it's a Wednesday. It's not a big deal. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, does this one house and goes, and then he does like every house on the block. And I'm like, oh, man, the block. this is going to be a problem because there's no <laughs> way that he isn't just going to torment me the same way Kyle has tormented you. Yeah. So it'll be Cole and Kyle show, and yeah. uh, you know what? We both deserve it. Let's be honest. <laughs> let's. I mean, let's just be real about it. We deserve the torment. Um, Cole Calhoun continuing to dominate. Uh, we're not going to get too deep into that. You already brought him up. You're basically you're taking the L there. That's fine. I, I here's the thing too. Obviously, when I brought him up, I didn't think he would just continue to dominate. I just thought he'd continue to be solid. You know, mm-hmm. just solid. He's been good. No, he's been. 
killing it. He wants to embarrass you, dude. He is really angry that you didn't have hope for him. So yeah. Cole Calhoun's crazy. Story you know, of my life. <laughs> we're going to talk about another guy who's been making moves like that too. Another guy who you drafted with like a real pick and you probably held out for a while and it just wasn't working. So you cut him only to watch him dominate. But I want to talk about real quick call up news, get your thoughts. Chance Adams for the Yankees expected to debut on Saturday. It's interesting. You know, they make 50 million deals uh, and they're still bringing up prospects to start. And that's, you know, Sonny Gray's toast. And uh, I, I imagine Lance Lynn would probably fit in there, but he kind of had to save Sonny Gray in Sonny Gray's last outing. Gray now in the bullpen. Um, Lynn's probably going to get a spot, but Chance Adams, a, a legitimate prospect, um, you know, of some decent pedigree. Does he have a chance to come up? No pun intended there. Uh, to come up and be, you know, a Domingo Herman, Johnny Lasagna, or what, what? What do you see in here out of uh, out of twenty three year old right hander Adams? I mean, this is a guy who's lost a lot of his prospect sheen because the Yankees haven't been willing to trust him. He's almost twenty four. I think he turns twenty four in like a week or something like yep. that. Uh, August tenth, you're exactly right. He, he's he's exhibited more control problems this year in AAA than he has in the past. Uh, so I, I worry that being in that stadium, that there's going to be issues, uh, and if he can't keep men off uh, base, anyways, you know those those solo shots are going to be two, three run shots, and it, it yeah. can be ugly quickly. I mean, obviously, deeper formats, you take the chance. But how deep? Fifteen team mixed, or are you talking yeah, deeper than that? Okay, I think fifteen team mixed, or or maybe like you know league like tout wars where. Starting pit like all the starting pitching is gone. Like people are, I'm I'm streaming like Sal Romano in a twelve yeah. team league because well, nobody's rostering uh, relievers. Because the landscape is awful and everyone's turning over every rock, and so you know a Ryan Barucki that you would expect to be available has been on a team for like four weeks now. Yeah, if you want to read and something so, depressing, go read Paul's article about the starting <laughs> pitchers in July. So bad, and I I wasn't imagining it. And I thought I might be too. You know, it's one of those things where. You project your your experiences onto the league. Like, oh, it, you know, pitching sucks. That's why my teams are terrible. And then you go look, and it's not true. And you're like, okay, that stinks. No, no, this was true. I wasn't just projecting. It was a nightmare month of disaster starts, ranging from uh, you know youngsters who you would expect volatility from to steady guys who you definitely don't expect to be torching your ERA with six, seven, eight earned run outings. So, uh, yeah, I wanted to bring up Adams. You know, they can they keep bringing up solid guys. I definitely think even if you don't pick him up, you know, like a 12-teamer, 10-teamer, at least be aware of what he does in that first start and then be ready to make a move because he's going to start Saturday anyway. So a lot of you play in weekly leagues where you couldn't get him if you wanted. So it kind of gives you an opportunity to see what's what. I also don't know if this is a one-and-done. Which is what I was mentioning with the uh, with the Sunny Gray Lance Lynn situation. This might be, hey, you got to fill in now. You go back down, and then and then we go with uh, let's see what would their rotation be It'd be Tanaka, CC, um, Sevi, Lynn, and then I guess Adams would fit in. So if if he's good, he could keep going. So just keep an eye on it. Just wanted to bring it up. Although I will say. Even if he does well here next week at Boston, so if you're in a league like uh, like Tout Wars or Labor where you have to use a guy when you pick him up, I don't think I would want him even if he does well. I hate that rule. 
I absolutely I, hate that role. Like, it, I understand like why they yeah. do it, but uh, it's the worst. I almost think I, I wish there was a way where it's like I wish they could say, "Hey, that's the way the rule is for." Um, oh no, no, he has Boston today or, or tomorrow that for the debut. I'm sorry, I was reading that wrong for for uh, Chance Adams. It, it Boston for the first start. So if he actually does well then you should definitely be excited because that would be against a ridiculously difficult opponent. Um, but no, with, with that rule, I think part of it is to prevent like scooping minor leaguers and just, you know, kind of throwing or them on DL the bench. Guys, DL guys. DL. What if it was just for them then? If it's a DL guy or a minor leaguer and you have to take the zeros. Like, so the point is to make you take the zeros, but if you're getting like a regular guy, then you have a decision. I, mean, I, don't, I, I think hard that's the way to do it, but you know, they're not going to change it. Not for me. This has got to be one and done, by the way, because Hap's coming back from hand, foot, mouth disease. Well, why are there uh, 95,000 people with getting hand, foot, mouth disease? I know it's, it's super two. contagious. It's like it's so gross, dude. It, it is. It is. It is absolutely disgusting. I wrote in my roto write up the other day, like, do not like Google pictures. No, of this. reading about it creeps like it, it turns my stomach it's, it's so gross it's it's like it's one of those things that you don't hear about like when you become a parent and then like and the as soon as you it. oh and then as soon as like your kids in daycare someone gets it and everyone oh, freaks out because oh. thankfully you know my kid only got lice she never got yeah hoof, just you know. lice i always want to say hoof foot and mouth but that's 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 not it <laughs> it's, it's hand foot and mouth <laughs> Hoof. Yes. So if your kid actually turned into hooves, that that would be a bigger issue on its own. Uh, So yeah, just wrapping the bow on that. Lynn Sabathia, Severino, Hap, Tanaka. This looks like a one and done for Adams to fill in. But at least we'll get a look at him in a really tough environment. It's weird. As his prospect hype kind of has gone up, his uh, abilities or, or his performance has kind of plateaued a little bit it wasn't he wasn't that great last year although it was high minors so compared to low minors and then this year as you mentioned not that good so just keep an eye on him uh but i did also want to talk about rugnet freaking odor's who insane game odor oh my god okay this is like i said like a cole calhoun like a jonathan scope i'm sure there's others a guy that you drafted with like i said legit pick and you waited. You waited what we would say is the quote unquote necessary or or viable time before making a move on it. You know, um, going into going into July. So if you had waited three full months with Rugnet Odor, two twenty nine, three hundred, three fifty one, even fifteen teams. If if somebody viable had been there, you don't cut a guy just to cut him. But even in fifteen team, if you had found a middle infielder that you liked and wanted to cut Rugnet Odor for him. I would have said, uh, okay, you you know, you you wrote it out for three months. It's not working, and he actually kind of got going in mid mid June. But let's just go from June first on three forty eight, four forty three, six sixty three. Now that's the craziest part about that is the near one hundred point split in batting average and OBP. And yesterday played a hell of a role in that. Rugnet Odor yesterday only went one for one. What what do you guys talk? Why why is that so cool? One homer, three runs, three ribbies, five walks. Yeah. How? He only had four all of last year, I believe. <laughs> no, that was four for his career. Yeah. Seems... He had four career walks coming in, and then he had five. Yet. That's crazy. So he doubled it. No, he had 32 last year, though. 32. And he played 162 games. He played every game, and he had 32, and he just had five. Like, 
I was saying it yesterday on stream. This would be an awesome game for Votto, right? You would you would take notice. You'd be really impressed, even though we expect him to do or not expect him, but but it fits his player type. The fact that it's from Rugnet Odor seriously makes it one of the most amazing games ever. I mean, I'm just I'm blown away. Like what what are the Baltimore pitchers doing? Are they afraid of strikes? <laughs> I'm and, and of course I faced it. In my ten team ten. Team head to head. Of course, I have to be facing the Rudendo Door breakout. You faced uh, yes uh, last week the five for five two homer game from Odor at Houston. Yeah, in a, in in a, a spot where I actually was thinking, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the hitting. I was already gonna take the pitching and the overall. I think that was already locked up. I was like, okay, I can. I, I literally thought, oh, I can take the hitting. And like five minutes later, he hits his first home run. Like, and, and then he hits his second home run. I'm like, well, screw this. Since I dropped him in Tout Wars uh, to activate uh, Daniel Murphy, he's hit 10 home runs, uh, oh, stolen no. eight bases, gone 312, 407, 589. Oh, no, since, dude. Uh, June 12th. <laughs> oh, no. So in less than two months. Uh, he has just absolutely gone off since dropping him in, in, in tout head to head. You know, and the crazy thing too about with regards to like waiting a, a fair amount of time and then cutting him, he was monstrously bad last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the thirty fifteen was one thing, but the, the slash line was so bad that when you have a similar slash line this year, Without the power and speed until recently, you're saying, okay, this is such an easy cut. So that's one of oh, those yeah, where honestly before I, before I dropped him, he had he had had he had gone two twenty one, two eighty two, three oh nine with one home run, one stolen bases, and five caught stealings. Yeah, he leads the league with eight, by the way. Yeah. He doesn't know what he's doing out there. He's just doing it. Well, that that's, sounds like the entire Rangers organization. That's true. That's true. Um, so yeah, I had we had to talk about that game. Trades obviously are going to be the focus here. We're going to let's get into them. But oh, speaking of trade, can I run a trade by you live yes. on the air? I because love this. I, I'm in the Rotowire Dynasty Invitational. My team okay. has just fallen apart due to injuries. Uh, I'm like in the middle of the pack of this 20 team league. Uh, I, I this league has been the bane of my existence. Um, and as much as I love, you know, the guys over at Rotowire and James Anderson, in particular, um, I, I hate this league. <laughs> the, the trades in this league have been absolutely ridiculous. Oh, because uh, it's a, yeah, it's a dynasty. I've heard about some of the trades in this yeah, league. It, it's uh, it's kind of wild. Yeah, I'm. It, it, it's hard for me to even want to continue playing in it just because we've seen such uneven trades. People taking advantage of non fantasy people. I feel like in this league. Um, so, but anyways, Ryan Bloomfield's in first place. Rob Silver's trying to track him down. Okay. Uh, and I made a trade with Rob Silver a couple weeks ago, getting uh, Donaldson and Cespedes uh, for Kutch- uh, McCutcheon um, and some other like pieces I probably wasn't going to be keeping. But Ryan Bloomfield and I have been working on a deal. Um, and I would get Eddie Rosario and then uh, Fernando uh, Romero. Okay. Uh, Mauricio Dubon, so some prospects in Rosario for Granky Chapman and Jackie Bradley Jr. Granky Chapman, JBJ. Oh yeah, like I mean Rosario is awesome. I still like Romero long term, and Dubon's a legit prospect. And I have a limited amount of keepers because I they they, they did an interesting way of determining who got what pick the first for the draft pick, yeah. order. So what did you, you end up getting? By the way, I, I had the second pick. 
which so you ponied up. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, I spent fifteen of my thirty-five keepers to get the second pick. So on, you can only get on twenty guys. So, okay. Oh no. So that worked out really well. Oh no. It was doomed from the start. And then I, Miguel Sano was my third pick in the draft, and oh. literally the next day. Like the news came out about him getting in trouble, and it just yeah. you know it's been all downhill from there. So, but anyway, no, I like that deal. No, I I think that's a good deal, and that seems pretty fair too. And that's uh, I like how you've contributed to both of the contenders mm-hmm. now. You know, you're not uh, you're you're not picking sides here. You just want a fair fight. Give a little give a little shine to both and see what they can do. Yeah. I think that's um, a pretty good deal. Yeah, I, I think I'm gonna do it. So, okay, well, um, the league made a lot of trades too and you know what we talked about some pitchers who were traded and then oh no that was nick and i i'm an idiot um on sunday but we were talking about this trade deadline might not live up right like let's temper expectations because we had such a good run-up to the deadline well nah they knocked our socks off or or my at least i thought it was a great deadline day all things considered when you consider everything that happened before this was a smash hit. Even on its own, I think it would stand up as a pretty strong deadline day. But the fact when you add the whole trade season, it was a hell of a trade season. So we have a lot to cover. Let's just start with the biggest chip to move. Chris Archer. Or biggest – there is there is probably some debate, but um, that's I think I'm this picking. is the biggest overall deal for sure. Yes, I mean, especially because of what went back. Even if you say Tommy Pham is the bigger chip – uh, yeah, we're not even going to talk about what they got back, really. I mean, well, I yeah. will mention it, but like, so you're right. So this was both teams getting name players mm-hmm. who are going to make impact this year because you could see them bringing up. I don't know if they brought up Meadows. No, they sent them straight down. Okay, well, they could still bring them up at some point, and then they they obviously put Glass now. He's a per- he's perfect fit for them right now with the, all the opener stuff. But Archer goes to Pittsburgh. By the way, did you see what he did um, when he was when he flew there? And uh, oh. scooped up an Antonio Brown jersey so that when he arrived, he was decked out in, in an AB jersey. I love it, dude. Uh, there you go. I love Archer. I like. Me too. I want him to be good, and I'm I hoping this excellent. move uh, to you know the the pitching uh, coaches in in Pittsburgh really help him take a step forward that we've kind of feel like we've been waiting on for a while. Oh. For sure, especially because he's kind of uh, plateaued or even or even he's pulled back a little yeah. bit in the last couple of years. And so Archer, just to clear it up, Archer to Pittsburgh, Tyler Glasnow, Austin Meadows to Tampa Bay. We'll get to Glasnow Meadows in a moment. Now, as far as Archer goes, there's there it's kind of a balance of of positives and negatives, right? The number one positive right off the top, getting out of that AL East, mm-hmm. and. and he didn't struggle everywhere in the AL East because he actually did, uh, believe it or not, pretty well in New York and um, I think and Toronto. I think it was Baltimore and Fenway, uh, Camden and Fenway, where he really struggled. But just if you add it all up against those teams, home away, whatever, it wasn't great. It, it was not a. It's not a division you want to be in. And so I'm, I'm getting the numbers right now. Okay, yeah, against his division foes for his career, 402. ERA 128 whip, just a 16% strikeout minus walk rate, which is okay, uh, the 16%, and even the 402, whatever. But then against everybody else, both dogs are barking. Fantastic. I'm dog sitting, by the way. 340, 
uh, ERA, 118 whip, and 20% strikeout minus walk rate. That's against everybody else. And like I said, Fenway, 729. Camden, 659. Those were really awful. He did get sub 350s at Yankee Stadium and Rogers Center. The home park is probably about a neutral move, except for a little bit more favorable park factor for home runs against righties. Now, what I'm really intrigued by is what Pittsburgh's going to do with him approach-wise. Because they're super fastball heavy. Charlotte's really upset about this trade. She like she had a Tampa Bay Archer jersey, and she thinks she can't wear it anymore. I say, you still can wear it. Like It's still going to be cool, and now it's kind of retro. Especially if it's the old-school Rays jersey. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm telling her, but she's not hearing it, as you're hearing. Um, so <laughs> they're super fastball heavy. They throw... Uh, they were 0.3% behind Cincinnati for the most fastballs thrown by starters in the league. And one of the things with Archer, he's like a two-pitch guy, fastball slider, and he hasn't had that third pitch. They also de-emphasize strikeouts. They're, they're what I call a three-and-out team. They're hoping that you can get out of an at-bat in three pitches and just you know ground ball, you know fly out, whatever you got, just be done. Efficiency. They throw the fewest pitches per plate appearance. So I'm wondering how this is going to fit with a heavy strikeout guy like Archer who doesn't have a third pitch. What do you think? As the dogs continue to bork. I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of looking at his game logs and looking at his uh, pitch values and stuff uh, through the game logs. Did he all of a sudden start throwing a curveball? Because mm-hmm. it's, it's something's logging up. As I could, See, here's the thing. I, I don't know about that. I don't know if he did, so I'm, yeah, I'll look that yeah, up. Yeah, I, I don't like because I mean that would be interesting that he's it, all of a sudden added this this curve. Yeah, because uh, he's really been looking for a third pitch for a minute, and the changeup's just not there. Mm-hmm. I feel like some of his slower sliders could be could yeah, be curves though. When you watch when you watch Archer, you can see it right. You mm-hmm. can see some of those that you'd be like, oh, I'll if you didn't know any better. Starts because yeah, mean, that would be an interesting development. Um, I if, see. I see what you're saying. It's the last three yeah. games specifically, and it's been a positive pitch in terms of pitch uh, pitch values. So, uh, or at least the last two starts. And he, I mean, the, those last two starts weren't great, but he had 13 strikeouts um, in the one versus Miami, and then uh, uh, what? Only three strikeouts versus the one ver- uh, at Baltimore, but went six innings in both starts. Got a quality start. Uh, I. I, I like the move to Pittsburgh because he gets I, – I think it at worst the strikeouts will tick back up because he's going to get to face the pitcher. Uh, I, I like the park. The defense behind him is, uh, you know, pretty good. So I I just worry that he's never going to incorporate the third pitch uh, enough yeah. that it's going to let him get back to kind of that – like real stardom that we thought we might get from him after like the well, 2014, 2015 season. Yeah. Cause I just, I just don't see a viable third pitch like the changeup. It just hasn't really worked. Now here's the thing. If they've got a pitch that they're ready to teach him or something to that effect, that could be, you know, they, they obviously acquired him with something in mind. I'm sure they have some sort of game plan and I'm eager to see it. In fact, I think it goes tonight and I will be zeroed in on that game without a doubt. Um, the, the, the issue right now, and we talk about the fastball and, and they emphasize fastballs. He's using the fastball, the least of his career. I could see that tick back up. I wonder if they have a plan to help improve it though, because his fastball pitch value 
has been pretty poor since the start of 2016. In fact, sixth worst, 20, minus 25.7. Um, and you're talking the actual, do you know who the actual worst is? This is kind of surprising. He's having a good year this year and he's from the NL West and he has the worst curve, uh, the worst fastball by pitch value since 2016. Wait, wait, what was the question? NL West. Okay. Starter having a really good year this year. Worst fastball by pitch value since 2016. Kind of a surprising name that he is number one or last. Worst. Okay, but he's having a good year. He's having a good, really good year this year. It's like a bounce back year from previous strong levels, and he has a dominant oh, secondary pitch that's previous. running this. Because I was going to say Kyle Freeland, but... Um, nope, it's not a Rocky. I'll, I'll eliminate that team for you. Okay, well then it's... Is Granky? Teammate. Uh, that should bring it home right there. It, it should. Uh, is it... I don't know. Kyle, is, is it... Uh, uh, Buckles? Corbin. Oh, Corbin. God damn it, Corbin. Minus 33.9. That's kind of surprising. And then you got Yui How Shasin. is Corbin doing what he's doing? Someone asked me this the other day. The slider. Well, I 80 know, billion sliders like, oh, and curves. I keep waiting for it to like all come to pieces. but He's like, nah, it's not going to come to pieces. Because, yeah, I mean, the velocity is down uh, like a lot. <laughs> like, you know what the wildest thing about this is? As far as the pitch value thing, his he's still worst since the start of 2016, despite this year's being a 10.6 positive. That's how bad his fastball was in 16 and 17. Like, that's unusably bad. It was minus 19s in both seasons. You know who's uh, fifth? Worst pitcher ever. Kyle Gibson. <laughs> what boy. a... Loser, and then six worse is Archer. So that's what I'm really intrigued by because you mentioned that the strikeouts could go up because he's facing he's facing um, some starters. I feel like that's going to save the the K rate kind of where it's at. I kind of expect it to maybe tick trick trickle down a little bit, but then be salvaged by getting those extra two per game, and so kind of stay in that. 23 to 25 percent range. I don't know that we're going to get up to 29. They just haven't really fostered a guy like that i was looking and it's like the aj burnett and um francisco lariano seasons that have been their only really good ones outside of jay hap's uh little second half with them where he just went off so maybe if they've got a plan for uh archer the way they, they the way they did hap then maybe we see some major surge so i'm intrigued by this is this kind of an all-in move if you need a starter in an nl uh, oh, by the yeah. way you, you gotta be hating yourself if you went for Hamels yeah. and then Archer comes over but you never know right like you can't save it for no, a rainy I mean, day that never comes yeah no I mean I, I did the exact same thing in my ale only you know we'll talk about Tommy Pham I went all in on Brad and even though I didn't need saves just because I didn't think anybody was coming over to the AL yeah like we and, knew and that's the way it was looking the NL. Um, the NL has been flush. Like, there's another big wave this week. It's not just Archer. We're going to get to all of them. Um, so, yeah, I like Archer. I, I'm excited by this. Uh, you mentioned how much you like him. Like, we like him a lot, and I do think that that influences our outlook. So I want to kind of put that bias on the table that that we're just pro-Archer. And so uh, while we do believe what we're saying, I think there's some hope pushed into that mix too. So I just want to be clear that as pro-Archer – Guys, we're also kind of seeing it from the 
best possible side as opposed to maybe someone who might be on the pessimistic side. Um, th- there's still a lot of arm talent there, though. Are there and it's people hard... being pessimistic about Archer? I mean, this seems like at worst if it's have... a lateral move. I think some people have kind of moved on, and they don't really care. And they're just kind of like, ah, he, he is who he is. Why do people hype him up? Um, you well, know, I, mean, pe- I feel like that from like a draft day standpoint, but at this point, like you have him, like he's not like his value, like, uh, you know, he is who he is. Like, I think we can all come to this agreement that until he incorporates that third pitch, he's like, you know, he's a four ERA guy that is going to get you a bunch of strikeouts. Like, you know, and that has value. Um, he's just not going to return the name value that you drafted on draft day. And that's why I know I, at least I was, you know, down on him coming into the season. Mm-hmm. I need that 139 whip down though. Jeez. I can't I can't be having a 139. Yeah. Um, 124, 126 the last two years. So we'll see how Archer does tonight. Really excited to see. Um I actually in my NL only, I really don't need starters. I have traded a bunch of starters. I have strikeouts and quality starts out the wazoo. So yeah, I actually I, won't I, be I involved. Need stri- I need strikeouts and and wins, but I have no fab because I blew it all on Manny Machado, which I'm fine with. But oh, I was gonna say, yeah, that's know. Machado. So let's talk Glasnow and uh, and Meadows in Tampa Bay. And, you know, they did well here. Uh, they've been waiting to trade Archer forever. And despite trading him at a bit of a low point. Um, they got the exact and, same package they probably would have gotten two, three years ago. It, right. You know, they got two prospects, uh, one of whom, you know, with Glasnow, who's also kind of seen his stock drop. But at the same time, if they made the same trade a couple of years ago, as you're saying, like Glasnow and Meadows hype would have been commensurate with where Archer's was. And so all three have kind of come down together. And so there's still a match for a trade. It's kind of interesting how it worked out like that. I've been notably pessimistic on, on Glasnow from the jump. I just, I don't know. I you're, will you're say. A yeah, exactly. I am a heightist when it comes to pitchers. When you start to push beyond like 6'5", um, maybe I'm just jealous, right? Because I'm 6'5", so anybody taller, I'm like, uh, they're going to fail. <laughs> but why? I don't know. They're tall. They're taller than me. They're stupid. Uh, no, I just think it's so difficult to keep your mechanics clean when you are that when you are that tall. And we don't see a lot of guys who are that tall succeed. And I love when I say that and someone, the first, you know what the first thing they always say Randy is? Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson. Yeah. Thanks for citing one of the five best pitchers ever. I'm sure that will happen with Tyler Glass now. Come on. I It's so funny. It never fails. Of course. Always. I mean, what, what, about, what, what about Randy Johnson? What about him? He he's a legend, and he took like six years to get going. Yeah, I don't know that, if it was and that. See, and that's like the thing. Like people forget, like when he was in you know Montreal, uh, his first few seasons with the Mariners, his his walks per nine in ninety one, uh, in ninety in nineteen ninety two were six point seven nine and six point one six. This was a guy who struggled. In full season, by the way. Yes, yes. Repeating his commandics, two hundred inning seasons. Um, like you know, <laughs> so like it was. He turned a corner. He made adjustments and figured At it out. Twenty nine is when he mm-hmm. when he broke out. Yeah. So if you're trying to hope that Glass now becomes that kind of outlier, have freaking fun. However, I will say, going to this team certainly perks my ears up a little bit because. They are open to the three, you know, the the two to four inning role. And that might be perfect for somebody like Tyra Glass now because I don't need you to repeat your mechanics for six, seven innings. 
or even five. Give me give me two to th- two to four strong ones, depending on where you are on that on that given day. And he's put together some solid stretches in Pittsburgh. The bottom line when he left Pittsburgh was 434, 145 because the walks were still there at 5.5 per nine. But he did have 72 strikeouts in his 56 innings and only 47 hits. So there were some positives to take there. I actually think Tampa Bay, as far as you know, getting getting a, a pitching talent and maximizing it is at least as good as, as Pittsburgh, if not better, um, because they are open to different roles like this. So I, I don't hate this move for them. It's still not a guy I'm really diving headfirst in on, but I'm very intrigued kind of more in a long-term situation. I think at Dynasty League, my my interest is a little bit more perked up on glass now, but I've gone from like bottom of the barrel to, hey, I'll take a look now. Um, what do you think about glass now going out to Tampa Bay? I'm still off. I just uh, I I bought in the hype and ended up selling, you know, maybe two years ago off my shares because I just got into a point where I was like, one, I, I hate you know, I, well, I hate I hate the race for this too, but Pittsburgh's <laughs> one of these organizations that just won't bring their guys up, yeah. And so they yeah. just toil in the, the minor leagues. Um, at least he's going to be up. Like there's he's at already this, pitched for them. Yeah. Yeah. He's already, you know, he, they're, they're not going to send him back down. This isn't a Meadows situation, uh, where they're trying to preserve some sort of, uh, time, uh, on his clock or, or whatever they're doing with Meadows. But I just, uh, like if he's only pitching two or three innings, like how interesting is he, you know, until I see them start to really stretch him out and, yeah. Uh, you know, say that they're going to make him a real starter and not just an opener or whatever the hell they're doing with their pitching staff. Um, he just doesn't have enough fantasy value for me to, you know, invest in. So I think if if I'm a, a glass now owner, I think this is the perfect time to sell because I think people will be interested by the fact they let him start the other day and they're going to continue to let him start the rest of the way more than likely. Um, and that, that this could be the turnaround. I, I I'm agree. not going to believe it until I see it. No, I fully agree there. Again, this is not I'm I'm not doing a, a one eighty on him and now I'm in. I'm just saying in a dynasty, I might be open to adding him into a deal. See, now. and I, I think in a dynasty league, this is the time to sell him. I oh I I, I just think, you know absolutely think that the there, selling time selling there will time be someone who the will best. give you a top twenty, top thirty prospect price. Oh, if they did that, him. that would be fantastic. Fantastic. Um, so yeah, be open to that. I, I don't think that this is going to turn him into Randy Johnson. So that's Tyler Glass. Now uh, we'll see how it goes. Austin Meadows was the other piece they got, as you mentioned, they put him uh, down to the minors right away. And you know he came up, he was on fire, and, and then obviously he plateaued a bit. And you look at the bottom line of what he did in 49 games with them, 292, 327, 468. But the makeup of it was super, super fast start, painful finish, and then get sent down Um, because he was horrific in in 14 games in July, 212, 235, 242. And I'm sure he could have played through it and, and just, you know, gotten back on track. But they had answers, and they could send him back down. He's 23 years old. You know, they're they're running that that outfield of Dickerson, Marte, Polanco. It was when um, when he came back when Austin Meadows came up. Was it for the Marte injury? Yeah, it was when Marte got hurt, and then he just uh, went off. He went off so much that when Marte came back, it's like okay, well Dickerson and Polanco are going to just sit every once in a while. Then Polanco's gotten on track, paired with Meadows 
downfall or, or, you know, sharp regression. And then it was like, okay, well, we'll just send you back down because we have our trio cooking. Interestingly enough, though, now Dickerson's on the DL and they probably would have brought him up had they not traded him. So uh, do you think he gets called up for Tampa Bay soon or September call up? I think he's probably a September call up. Uh, okay. They've got Barring injury, many. of course, we know that yeah. uh, anything can change on a dime with injury. But as it currently stands, because they did get another outfielder who we'll talk about in just one second, you're you're saying he's going down. Yeah. Well, they, I mean, they already sent him down. There, there's no reason. Oh, yeah, yeah, staying down, I should um, say. There's no reason to think that at this point they're going to bring him back up. Uh, they're not a team that's competing. He'll come up when rosters expand unless – you know, Charlotte's in the playoffs in AAA. Who knows? Um, you know, because you know how much they love to win those AAA titles. They do love their minor league titles. So, but like right now, they've got uh, you know, they've got Tommy Pham. They have uh, Carlos Gomez. Carlos Gomez. They've got Span. They've got Kiermaier. They do not have Span. He's out in. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I don't know why I was thinking. Oh, because no, no. Cots contracts hasn't updated. Yeah, thing. it's Pham, Kiermaier, right. Gomez, Malik Smith. Those are those are kind of yeah. your four right now. So I think I think next year we're looking at an outfield of of Kiermaier, Meadows, and uh, in Fam. Yeah. With with that's uh, pretty good. Malik's being the fourth outfielder, which is kind of where he should be anyways, because Gomez Absolutely. is going to be a free agent again, uh, and I doubt they resign him. So uh, th- I think the future is less cloudy now in. Uh, in Tampa Bay, even if the present means he probably doesn't see a ton of time. Well, yeah, because, you know, Marte Polanco aren't going anywhere. And there's another, at least next year, uh, for Dickerson, at least. I think, okay, yeah, next year is his last is his last year. And then 2020, he could be free agent. So they're already kind of set with their three guys. And it like you said, it would already be kind of clouded. So this is a positive move for Meadows. I think he's pretty solid. He did have uh, five home runs and four stolen bases in those 49 games. Like I said, he was really good. And, and just the makeup of it was was both ends of the spectrum. But the bottom line was a 114 OPS plus. Pretty good player. So, all right, that's where we're at on on Meadows. You don't have to worry about him on bids. Glass now, we're saying don't really bid on. And let, if you're desperate, desperate, desperate for strikeouts and you can take a whip hit, I might go a couple bucks in AL only. That's it as far as archer goes it's an all-in kind of move especially if you have zero dollar bids but even if not i think you gotta if you need the pitching i think you gotta figure it out and just go all in okay let's talk about fam then uh he comes over from st louis interesting deal now fam's always been outspoken he's not afraid to speak his mind even when it's not (laughs) best for him right like he just tells it like it is i was telling someone the other day uh I, i was at my the local sports bar in town and um one of the bartenders there is like a you know big into fantasy and he's asked me a whole bunch of questions and things like that um and i was like i think tommy fam's crazy like <laughs> i mean he's just like i love him. He, he, he doesn't care yeah. as far as like being pc or anything if it's on his mind he's gonna say it and that's that's refreshing but it's also gonna hurt you at times and i think that you know, he kind of like put the a, writing on the he's wall. He's like a big child. Like this whole story about him losing his mind because the Cardinals wouldn't buy this expensive the, piece the of the gym, equipment. right? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, like, it's like a toddler throwing a temper tantrum when he doesn't well, get the toy he wants. Here's the thing, too. He's had 
a chip on his shoulder mm-hmm. for and a issues minute with now. the organization. Exactly, because he didn't get called up till 27. And you know what? On that, I fully support him. Because you talk about teams that slow roast, they especially do with their hitters. Not always with their pitchers in St. Louis. But with their hitters, a lot of times they come up at 25, 26, 27. They're ready to go when they get up. But Tommy Pham should have been up before then. And he took it as a major slight that people were getting chosen ahead of him. And so he's been playing with that chip on his shoulder for a minute. And so any other perceived slight or direct slight was definitely going to be exacerbated. And so you take this thing like the gym equipment thing that it gives him a chance to make a big deal about it. He probably shouldn't have. He says he was shocked on all fronts by the trade. No, you weren't, Tommy. No, you <laughs> Well, you weren't. shouldn't have been. You certainly shouldn't have been. And so I, I like Tommy a lot. And um, – I do too, and I, I mean, I love him as a fantasy player. I, I, I actually, I kind of like the chip on his shoulder because, it, dude's a guy. What he's thirty years old, so he, he finally gets his first real shot where they're gonna give him a chance to play every day at twenty nine. Like, yeah, like he was like the best player in their minor league system for for two repeatedly. Or three years. I mean, yeah, just, he should have gotten a shot beforehand. So I totally get that. Uh, he's got a chip on his shoulder, and I think he is a really nice kind of buy low uh, by the Rays uh, because all the underlying metrics say like he should be doing more than he, what he is doing. And um, I, uh, you know, it'd be interesting to see him, you know, in, in AL, but I love some of those parks he's going to get to play in, even if his home sure. park isn't great. Uh, I think fam is one of those guys that uh, is going to have a pretty, you know, what I said it on the bold predictions podcast. We did the second half. Tommy Pham's going to, you know, have a huge uh, second half. So I think it's and now it's, it's going to be in the uh, American league. Now they got Justin Williams, Genesis Cabrera and Roel Ramirez. And they had to throw bonus uh, international bonus money with fam. And so this was a total sell low. Uh, great move by Tampa Bay. Now he does have the, the degenerative eye condition too, which anytime he struggles, that comes up. And that's understandable though. It's like, well, is, is there problems with his eyes? And I'm sure it's, I'm sure that's nauseating for him to have to deal with, but that's just kind of where we're at. Unfortunately, second game in with Tampa Bay, he gets hit in the foot and uh, eventually had to leave the game. So we'll see if he plays tonight uh, against the White Sox. But this is, this is a great move by Tampa Bay. I thought this was a great buy low on a guy who can be a superstar level talent. Um, so we'll see what's going on. I don't know if indoors versus outdoors helps with his eyes, but that could be if, – if, if it is a situation where not being in the sun all the time helps, maybe being half – maybe having half your games, even though it's the worst stadium in the universe, maybe being half your games indoors helps. So I don't know – this is another move. This is not quite an all-in move, I would necessarily say, but I would be putting big bucks if I need offense uh, in my AL only on Tommy Pham. What do you think? I think I'm going all-in. I mean, you're just saying pedal to the metal. I guess there's nobody else. Yeah, there's nobody else. And yeah. do we really think? I mean, maybe Andrew McCutcheon comes across. Yeah, there could be some August deals, but, but I, typically those I don't aren't even play cross cross leagues. Well, I don't. I don't play for. Uh, you know, I don't play waiting for July 31st deals, so I sure as hell don't play waiting for August deals. So you don't do that. You push if you need the offense. Yeah, yeah you push. And I just I, put I'm 90 with you. of my hundred in the CBS AL only 
uh, industry league um, on, on fam. Like that's my prize. I'm- Yep, I am with that. Uh, I think that that's absolutely the move. So uh, hopefully he gets healthy uh, and the foot thing isn't too bad and, and, he's, and he's playing this weekend. Uh, stri- really strong move by Tampa Bay. They had a great, great deadline day. Uh, all right, this one was a little bit of a shock in terms of where he went. Not so much that he got traded. And I guess I shouldn't be shocked because they just love collecting talent. The Dodgers scoop Brian Dozier. Uh, Logan Forsyth went back to Minnesota to kind of, I think kind of balance the books a little bit, which also hurt the prospects that they got for Dozier. Um, Dozier in, in LA. Now there's a little bit of a log jam though, cause Justin Turner's back. And so that was kind of the weird thing was that he was back just yesterday. And so you're talking about what Muncie at first, hang on, let me just pull up their box score from yesterday because i don't even know how the hell this is playing out uh, and they scored like eight billion runs yesterday too uh, that was insane they were just putting it, it pretty on much the makes muncie taylor peterson and bellinger platoon partners like it's it's Man, it's weird like i i don't i don't understand how they're going they're gonna figure it out because like i mean or it'll as, figure itself. Yeah, out. exactly. Or this is about to say like Matt Kemp can't stay healthy all year, can he? Like, uh, like so maybe like this this is gonna get worked out one way or another. But I mean, it pretty much destroys Chris Taylor's value. Moving That's forward. what it really does. So yesterday, um, it was against a righty. It was against Chassin. It was Peterson and left. I'm just going down top to bottom on their lineup. Machado short. Turner third, Grandal, of course. Uh, Bellinger started in center, then moved to first. Dozier was at second. Muncie started at first, moved to third. Puig in right field. And then uh, Taylor came in as a pinch hitter and then played. And it was a double switch, so he, he stuck in. And that's why Bellinger and Muncie moved. And uh, Turner was the one who came out. So I do think that Taylor takes the biggest hit here. And it's not like he's had a great season. His follow-up season has, has been fine. Um, and I think a lot of people were expecting a, a pullback and it, it's played out. Now, the one thing that's really surprised me about it, um, I thought the speed would still hold. And I, I thought that I could even see more, I could have seen more speed because I think he is a pretty good base runner and he was 17 for 21 last year. He's four for nine this year. So he's got the 12 homers and the 779 OPS, uh, good for a 110 OPS plus. He was at 122 last year. So that all makes sense. But the speed kind of evaporating was probably my biggest bummer on Chris Taylor. And now playing time, I do think, will be a pinch. Peterson's not going to start against lefties. I think that that's, uh, you know, that's where Taylor definitely gets back into the lineup. But he's the big loser here, yeah? Yeah, I mean, you have to think because he's right-handed, uh, that he's going to have a short side platoon. I mean, the nice thing is he can play a lot of different positions. True. So if any injury pops up, Mm -hmm. I feel like he's back in the mix. And even on days where he doesn't start, he's going to come into the game at some point Mm -hmm. because they'll they'll use him as a defensive replacement. So whether he, you know, comes in in center or, you know, they they put him. Any of the outfields or any of the infields. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he can play anywhere. So, I mean, there's going to be kind of random at bats that he gets you know, at the end of games and things like that. Uh, but this, I mean, ultimately this really hurts his value moving forward. I mean, there's not much you can do with him. Nope. I think, I think you got to ride it out a couple weeks just to see what's what. Cause as we said, a lot of times this stuff plays itself out generally with injury because injuries happen all the time. 
Puig had a huge game yesterday. He's been hitting well. He's not the bastion of health. I didn't even mention Kemp because he was somebody who didn't play yesterday. Justin Turner um, just came off the DL. Justin I mean. Turner right back off. Uh, he's had injury issues all year, and so we'll see. Uh, I wouldn't cut hit. I wouldn't cut Chris Taylor immediately, but I'm definitely downgrading my outlook on him. Now you mentioned the random at bats. If you do play in a daily league, unless you're putting in somebody really good, you know, you see somebody who's starting and he's not. I would tend to keep him in the lineup because you don't want to miss those. You could lose some homers and even a couple steals if he improves his running. Like I said, four for nine, pretty terrible right now. Especially with the way the schedule is kind of spread out through the second half, there's going to be a lot of days in which you're not able to field a complete lineup of guys who are playing that day. So Chris Taylor is actually going to be an interesting guy because he's multi-positional eligible uh, at at a number of different spots. So he can still be – like a bench stopgap option for you. Even if he's not in the lineup that day, just make sure he's in your lineup uh, if there's an open spot somewhere because he might get in a bat or two uh, at the end of a game, especially if they're they're close and they want to preserve a lead. They're, they're going to bring him in to strengthen the, the defense. Agreed, agreed. So that's Chris Taylor. That's the Brian Dozier deal. By the way, Dozier, we barely talked about him. Going to L.A., getting in the it's mix. It's a lateral move. I mean, It is a lateral move. He's a second-half goon, though. Let's see if he gets going. He, he's taken to it so far. I think he's got like two or three homers already with his new club, or at least a, a few big hits. I know he hit a homer, I think, two days in a row, though. Yeah, he does have two homers. He's uh, he's quickly five for nine. He's he's uh, ingratiating himself into the uh, into the culture there very nicely by by dominating right off the top. Don't even be surprised if he goes off. But it's a lateral move. You should have never like been trying to cut him or anything like that. It's just the guy you ride it out with. Uh, we're gonna have to pick up the pace, or else it's gonna be like a five hour. So, but the, <laughs> the, those were the major ones. These next ones are still pretty good, but then they're Logan they're kind of on a scale. Interesting ale only option just because yes. he will play. He'll play all the time and, yeah, put a few bucks on him. You need a guy. I got him for uh, nothing in the CBSL only. So don't, you don't have to go overboard probably, but uh, see what your competitors need too. That's part of this when you're making bids is to see who else might need him. But Forsyth, I agree, playing time, AL only. Well, and AL, NL too, only. Like one of the things with like AL and NL only is like when all these guys come over at once – guys get lost in the fray. So like some of these 100%. lower end guys that we'll talk about that are going one, you know, one direction or other, you may actually get for super cheap because people are more focused on the Tommy Fams and the Chris Archers and the Brian Dozers. Yep. They're going to forget about the Jonathan VRs and the, and the Logan Forsyths. Yep. VR was exactly the one I was thinking of when you said that, uh, before we get to him, let's talk about another trade that Baltimore made Kevin Gosman out to Atlanta. And, uh, it's, it was a bundle of prospects, Again, they're not fantasy relevant right now, uh, so we're not really going to get into them. The the move here is Gosman getting also getting out of the AL East, like uh, l- like Mister Archer going to Atlanta. I'm intrigued by this. I I do have a heavy bias against Baltimore with pitching. Now, I will say this though: we might have to go do a deep dive on it to see what's what because the the notion that they don't develop pitching. The example everyone brings up is Arietta, and again, you're talking about the outlier who failed and then became a Cy Young winner. Like that's not going to happen every time. And so we, I think there might be be it might be time for an assessment of this to see if they really do. You know, I know Hunter Harvey has had injuries, and and so has Bundy. But but you look, Bundy is you know kind of panning out. Maybe not at the top 
level, but I'm not sure he necessarily would have somewhere else. Although they, they did take away his best pitch. So I just don't like Baltimore in general for pitching. It's a difficult environment. It's a difficult uh, division. The real and, bastion of hitting too, though. I mean, <laughs> Dude, their lineup is so gross right now. It's so gross. Uh, but Gosman kind of doing his same old thing. Too many homers. So it's a mid-fours ERA. It's a 138 whip. It's been pretty bad, and you're not even getting great strikeouts this year. You're at 7.5. That's a full strikeout down from the last two years. Going to go to the NL. Guys, I mean, that's true. Career best, 2.3. It ties his career best from uh, 15. Should add a few strikeouts just by virtue of getting the pitcher a couple times a game. Add Maybe a few wins because he's on a better team. Much better team. I like this move. I'm I'm intrigued by this. I like I like that he's going to Atlanta. I like that he's getting out of Baltimore. Definitely a good consolation prize if you don't get Archer, and if you or if you're a little bit uh, lower on the Fab totem pole or higher, as it were, because totem poles go from the uh, top to bottom in terms of quality. The bottom is where you want to be. Just a little thing that I just want to put out there, okay? So don't say bottom of the totem pole. Uh, listen, I'm out here educating fools, okay? This is, this so, is riveting. You're welcome. I'll do a whole episode on it, just talking about totem poles. No problem. I think you, I'll, I'll you should start your own totem pole podcast. I think that's you would actually be like a, a pioneer. Idea. Like no, I like this. Paul, Paul's pole podcast. That's gonna go P three. Welcome to episode five of P three. <laughs> yeah, there you it's go. Friday, August third. Yes. Okay, this is happening. Uh, <laughs> but Gosman again, if you don't have all the, or if you don't want to spend all your money on Archer, at, just as you were talking about. There's going to be a little bit less attention on Gosman because people are going to be going for Archer. So I say put a pretty healthy bid on Gosman. I think this could work out well. I'm excited by this move. I assume you are too. I mean, I'm to the same level. Like we're not, yeah. old, but just that it's a good, it's if a you solid need pitching arm. And you're not going to get Archer because, like, you know, you've got $80 left and one guy has $90 left. Like, obviously, then you just. You blow your wad on Gosman and hope you get Whoa. this. Crazy, <laughs> yeah. This is the second, uh, the second half Gosman that we've seen in a number of years. Yep, yep. So that, that's where we're at with with, with Gosman. I'm actually going to do a little bit of a deeper dive uh, soon for the set. I was going to do an Archer Gosman together, but the Archer piece started to get too long. I'm looking and it, at his spray chart right now, just because, like you know, I worry about that short porch and being right handed. Yeah. Or sorry, left. And right, in right, in yeah. right. Four uh, lefties. Pardon me. And uh you know, I mean, he does a pretty good job of uh, you know, letting his home runs go to all fields. So I don't know that that's gonna be a <laughs> really huge issue. Up. Like he he's he's an equal opportunity offender. Okay. Uh, so I don't think that that's gonna be a huge issue for him necessarily. Uh so I think yeah, I think at worst this is a lateral move and uh, at best, we could see you know a nice little uh, bump in value for Gosman. Fully agree. That's Kevin Gosman, uh, also known in the industry as the List Spore deal, because now he'll be pitching with Julio Tehran. And if you remember, and how could anyone forget uh, our agonizingly stupid going in circles discussion between uh, Julio Tehran and Kevin Gosman, where Liss and I were battling back and forth, and now they're teammates, and now you don't really want either on your mixed league fantasy team, so. 
<laughs> we'll see. I'm eager. I'm eager for his debut. I don't know when it is. I got to imagine it's relatively soonish. Maybe this weekend. I'm looking that up right now. I think it's tomorrow. But I'm, I'm slated not... to make his debut Saturday against the Mets. Look at Justin on the spot there. So we get to we get a look at him and Archer before they go. They'll probably both go off and raise the bids like a bunch of jerks. I'd almost rather see them be kind of mediocre. Keep the keep those numbers down. Actually, no, I, I'm not bidding on either in my NL only. Go out and throw shutouts, guys. Milk that fab out of my competitors. Yeah, all, all my L and NLs have already run fab. We had midweek fab, so. Yeah, we don't go till Sunday. So, yeah, let them throw shutouts. Get guys bidding everywhere. And then I'll I'll run in on Jonathan Scope, who's our next guy here, going out to Milwaukee. Yo, they're just collected middle infielders and that, that don't play sh- short primarily. Uh, and so they – are just putting guys out of position now. It's interesting, though. I like it. I'm not going to lie because um, I think scope can handle short. And one of the big things that David Stern said was the way we shift and everything, it's like having a guy out of position is not the end of the world. I don't know what his exact phrasing was, but that was kind of his general point of like we can kind of figure it out. Plus, it's not like I, I don't think scope at short is the end of the world. Johnny Peralta has played short for his whole career. Okay, um, but for the most part, I know he had dabbled in at third base and left field, but he played short for a long time. And uh, there are plenty of other guys I'm sure I could name, but I'm not going to take the time to do it. The <laughs> point is, like, not everyone is Andrew. It's not Andrelton Simmons or you're the worst ever. Like, there's a range, even though it's the most important position. Sometimes mediocre guys go there. He's got the arm to make up for stuff, too. So even if his, uh, you know, if he doesn't have the fastest moves to get to stuff range-wise for scope, his arm can make up for some of that. And so Luis, or- uh, Luis Ortiz, Jonathan VR, and Gene Carmono are the three pieces going back to Baltimore. Scope in Milwaukee. Uh, so, again, I think he's going to play a lot of short. Um, he started yesterday at second because they faced lefties two days in a row. So Moose got one off. Shaw got one off. Uh, but I think the the primary setup when they're going against the righty and they're putting out their best foot forward is going to have Shaw at second, Scope at short, and Moose at third. And I don't think it's like – listen, I'm a Tigers fan. And our the teams, when they were competing, the defense was horrific. And it – was fine. I mean, it would it would crop up at, at inopportune times every once in a while, but I don't think this compares anywhere near that. I think all three of those guys are actually capable defenders, even though two of them will be out of position. I don't really see an issue here. Meanwhile, Scope pulling a Cole Calhoun, uh, Rugnet Odor, and really getting going lately. What do you think about him in Milwaukee? I mean, I think he's going to be f- fine in Milwaukee, and I think that the 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 Brewers have obviously uh, they're going all in on this so like mm-hmm. I don't I think even if he struggles at times defensively it's not going to be a big issue I have more of an issue with Travis Shaw playing second base than Scope playing short uh, Shaw had already had a bunch of errors at third base so now he's going to try you're to an go, error uh, yeah now he's going to go try to learn a new position um, I, I do worry about this defensively um, I and I <laughs> it just seems uh like this could be problem for some of the pitchers uh so do they have any good pitchers though i mean yeah at, at the end of the day like yeah what, what does that matter they're, they're trying to win you know softball style they're they're gonna try that's to true it well again i don't i just don't think it's gonna be that problematic garrett hampson got sent back down son of a gun of course sorry may back 
I know. I was just kind of hoping that he could what, be a utility infielder. I thought they might just because they also promoted Brendan Rodgers up to uh, to AAA. So I was like, well, maybe Hampson stays up because now maybe. Good. But no. Uh, anyway, sorry about that uh, that sidetrack there. Yeah, I, like I see what you're saying. I understand. I can see a scenario where it doesn't go that well. But again, they're shifting. The, and... star- the starters in Milwaukee have uh, in the first, well before this trade had the lowest BABIP in the major leagues. And that speak and it's not like Jonathan VR was a defensive wizard. And like I know, and, Arcia and is good. Po- po- pointed out that. Part of that is buoyed by the fact of the home park that, you know, yes. uh, but it wasn't like they were still like bottom five home and away in Babip. So like it like or sorry, top five in terms of lowest Babip. So lowest, yeah. uh, that's obviously still going to come up even with it, you know, the home run, you know, playing uh, playing a role in in keeping the Babip low. Um, and especially because I'm pretty sure they're hitting more home runs on the road this year than they are at home. Uh, but at the end of the day, like the defense is going to hurt the pitchers, but who cares? Because like you said, like no one is like, no one is relying on uh, Chase Anderson to save their season. Like <laughs> I we hope need Jonathan scope, like to, to go off Travis Shaw to go off and they've got to figure out ways to get these guys in the lineup. And this is what we have. Exactly. So um, scope somebody, I'm definitely putting some, some uh, a sizable bid on, Again, if I need offense, uh, because I, I think he can definitely give the power. And I think that, that he's somebody that you definitely have to take a look at because he is playing so much better. He's fi- he's finally getting back on track um, after a really, really slow start that you would have been justified to cut him from. So, uh, yeah, that's scope in Milwaukee. Let's talk about the other Jonathan in the deal, VR, going to Baltimore. It's a little bit Forsyth-like in that he's just he's going to play. Uh, but however, the counter is that his his primary appeal would be some stolen bases, and Buck Showalter does not mess with stolen bases on any level whatsoever. They have more so, stolen bases this year than in previous years, but <laughs> but that like it's almost impossible not to like they're so allergic to it. So I wonder if he's even going to be allowed to run VR. He's fourteen for sixteen. He's good at it. Um, He's only got six homers this year. Maybe he maybe gets a few more out of the out of the park there. Although it's not like Miller Park's a bad park. No. So you're going from one good one to another. How do you see VR's uh, VR's outlook in Baltimore, and how much would you put on him in an AL? I think if I knew I wasn't gonna get Fam, uh, then I would probably try to go all in on VR. Go all in. Well, I mean, like you don't what, have what, are, to. what are you saving your Fab for? I'm I'm just saying you don't have to. You don't have to, but because like, somebody's you, going, someone's going to put fifty percent of the remaining fab on VR just because. Okay, well that's not all in. If you, I'm saying don't go all in because in in a VR situation, I I, I am going to kind of put a little aside for some potential sure, sure, yeah. August I mean, put deals. Sixty percent, sixty-five percent. Okay, of, of okay, that's fab. fine. You said all in, Sorry, so I yeah. assumed all in. Yeah, believe it or not, it's just. Why wouldn't they just let him go? Like, I agree. I agree. Like just like that's that's one of his primary season, assets. Like they they didn't trade for his defense. Like this is no. like this is or not, his power. Yeah, I mean they, they they traded for him because they thought maybe 
what, what they're hoping is they they can reestablish his value and then trade him to someone else. Yeah, so I think that would be the best move because they all. Or reestablish his value and then hang on to him. He's got several years. He's not a free agent until after 2020. So, but but his his value is power speed combo, but or speed power like really heavily speed and then a little power added in there because the ball is bouncier and he'll be in Camden Yards and he was in Milwaukee uh, for Jonathan VR. So yeah, put it put a healthy bid on him if you're in ALOE and you do need some speed because even if he only steals like six the rest of the way that's going to be impactful because there's so few steals out there and there is at least the chance although it's slim because of buck showalter that he steals maybe double digits the rest of the way playing the full the full season so um anything about uh luis ortiz or gene carmona that you want to add luis ortiz is a former top prospect that has injury and weight issues and that's really holding him back and so uh maybe you know, I don't know. The Orioles will put him on a treadmill or something like that because, I mean, he, he's a big dude um, who's got a big arm, but he can't repeat his mechanics because he is uh, kind of a sloppy body, and then he's been getting hurt. So it's a, um, it's a real issue. Okay. Well, hopefully he can get that hand. I think I might make the title he has a sloppy body because <laughs> that's a funny phrase. Um, all right. Let's talk about the uh, the the, the – the trade that's getting some some heat for non-baseball reasons. And and we'll we'll dive into that briefly. I just want to get your thoughts. Roberto Osuna goes from Toronto uh to Houston for Ken Giles, essentially. Uh there's there's some other pieces thrown in. Those are the two primaries there that you really need to worry about because um Giles is gonna close in Toronto, I believe. Do I have that correct? Okay, I I, I, I thought think I they, heard they they said that they will give him an opportunity. A, cho- a shot, yes, yeah. Which yes. means that 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 he's going to he's going to close. A little known fact, by the way, or, or you know, oft overlooked fact: he hasn't given up a run as a reliever, or excuse me, as a uh, uh, in a closing situation. So you know, face punches and all that, and and yelling at AJ Hinch. I understand why he had to go because if you bring him in in the non-safe situation, he just doesn't know what to do. But uh, I wouldn't even be surprised. At least they sent him to AAA and then traded him. They didn't like do what the Nationals just did to Sean Kelly. Just cut him. Just straight up cut the dude. Yeesh. Uh, You know what he really – if you slam the glove, you can come back from that if you don't look in the dugout. it's the stare. It was very clear that he was angry. You could have just put it off as, I really was mad at myself. I missed a pitch or even blame it on the umps. You know, he missed a call earlier in the at-bat and I took it out. Um, you, you know, show like a baby up on national TV, but you do that. Yeah, it's uh... done. And the look, I'm telling you, my opinion is that the look in is what did it. If he just tantrums by himself, and I'm sorry, if you don't want to come into a 20, 22 to four game or wherever it was at that point, then be better. Sean Kelly. Yeah. Like stop sorry, dude. sucking to the point where the only place they trust you is when you have an 18 because run you're a home run machine, by the way, that's why he never closes because even when he would put up great strikeouts and walks, he's a home run machine. You cannot have that as a late inning reliever. And so you're part of the 25, get your ass in there when you're called to go in. I, I, I didn't like that look at, all Shit. and oh, so Jose Reyes on the other side pitching like like you do what you are told to do because you're getting exactly. paid money to do it to so. do it and and 
they don't you, you don't love everything you do. I'm sure I'm sure of it. I'm sure there's guys that have to play, you know, the utility position and they would rather just be in one position and be a daily player. You don't get to choose. And so someone's going to pick him up though because he is pretty solid and he'll end up being like a middle innings guy for somebody. Uh but this is you know, Giles got a better fate than that. He got sent down and then he got traded a little bit more of a dignified way out. The question uh, is like is Osuna the closer? Like uh, we know, we know Giles is the cl- is going to be yes, the closer. I think he, he's going to he's going to have some value rest of the way. I don't think Osuna starts off closing when he gets no, back. No, no, they'll, they'll work they'll him work in. Him well, in. Then, like, but why even put that on him? Like, I, dude, like, I don't know the 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 whole Rondon's thing. It's been good. He has been good, and they've got other guys if they didn't want to go with Rondon. But Rondon's been excellent, and you. You bring this into your culture too. Now, I'm not going to speak severely on Osuna uh, because we don't know the full situation yet. It hasn't played out in the courts. If I'm running a team, though, I'm not doing this. I'm just not. It, from a purely like cutthroat economic standpoint, it, uh, it's a genius move, right? Because you're buying an sure. asset that, yeah. that's really good low. When you get this rid of your problem of child baseball. for someone else's problem child. This isn't a computer game, though. This is real life, and you have to deal with the you know, the fact that they've had very outspoken players against this. They had a situation, I believe, in their own organization. I think the guy's name was Danny Vasquez, and Verlander was very aggressive on it, McCullers. And to Verlander's credit, he stood up after the trade and said, listen, I've said some very tough things, and I stand by those words. And they said they're going to let – you know, they – Hinch – or not Hinch – Hinch probably had like a little bit of a role, but Lunau and company, they put the players in a pretty awful situation too because they all have to answer for this. And they're trying to say like, we don't know the details. Like wh- what are they supposed to say? You know, this F this guy and, and just say that and create the, Listen, the- I, And I get this. And like, you know, it, it, it is kind of a crappy situation. But at the end of the day, Lunau's job is put together the best constructed team. I know. To I know. To win a World Series. Uh, and – Guys get chances. If if they don't do I'm not this, against one of their competition. Chance, yeah, if they don't do this, someone else who's their competitor is going to do this because obviously Toronto put this guy on the block because they wanted to wash their hands of the situation. They were done, and I understand yeah. that. It so, do you same, want him going to Seattle? Do you want him going to uh, Cleveland or the Yankees or Boston? It just doesn't ring right when you say you have a zero tolerance policy, though. And then, well, they, and then you bring him. They do him have in. a like, serial is... tolerance policy for their players. He wasn't their player when he did this, so or okay. allegedly do this. So like, they're gonna find the loopholes to make their team better. You teams have policies like this until it. So then stop them. having the policy then, though. Well, because then you're full of shit. Of no, course, no, but they have to have the policy because say... otherwise they look stu- or they they look heartless. But at no, the end of the day, teams take don't it on a care case about case this basis. stuff. Fans don't care about this stuff. I know. Look at Chap. Look, look at let's like let's just break down Chapman. Okay, he has a situation with the uh, with the charges and shooting off the gun. So the shittiest thing he's ever done turns out to be the biggest boon for the Yankees possible. They got him for nothing. They traded, traded him for Glaber Torres and then brought him back. back. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. That's it's- crazy. I mean, and like, don't get me wrong. Like, we're we're a hell of a lot better than we were, you know, 
15 years ago when you had sure. major league players like in broad daylight beating on their wives and no one cared. And, and yeah, not, and like n- not even a slap, like but no like, suspension, like, nothing. Like for me, like the outrage over stuff like this is like, nah, you kind of know this is going to happen. Like, like it, it's it's awful, and you wish it wouldn't. You know, would I love to see thirty major league organizations blackball a guy who do does something like this, or say, listen, there is a zero tolerance policy. You get convicted of something like this, you are no longer in the league. Yeah, of course I okay, would. Okay, but, but if, it's you, not if you get happen. convicted, sure. But he also hasn't been, so we can also say it does still need to play out, though. Too. That said, then you get into the gray areas of like uh, with like domestic abuse things. Not the the accuser doesn't always come forward because they're pressured not to. I I know there's so much gray area with it, so I I don't even want to. That that's a whole other podcast. That's going to be a, a special episode of my total pole podcast. Three Ps, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that. Uh, sorry, I'm not trying to make light of of it or anything. I'm just trying to bring some levity back from the seriousness. I understand why people are saying okay. You know, you say you have zero tolerance, but then you bring them in. I also am not fully against the idea of of trying to repair this this person, right? And 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 help him grow. He's very young. Uh, he has had mental issues that he's been open about. And I'm not giving him any excuse. You commit a heinous. And by the way, forever can we please stop calling stuff like this a mistake? You don't mistakenly, if he's a you know if he's convicted or or it's found guilty. You don't mistakenly beat up on somebody. I, I don't. I don't agree with ever calling it a mistake. Heinous act. Okay, so he committed a heinous act, but is is that who he is for the rest of his life, or can somebody at twenty three be rehabilitated into a quality person? I, I said this the other day, and it was more in reference to uh, other issues that are going around in the league and everything else. If if I was um, defined by who I was in my early twenties. Sure, and I would not be talking on the radio with the tweets and whatnot. Is well, what you're yeah, re- tweet, referencing? Well, yeah, tweets. I mean, I'm a recovering alcoholic and re- recovering drug addict. If people yeah. judge me by the stuff that I did during those years in which I was still trying to figure out how to be a human being, uh, like I'd be in prison. Like this is you know. Well, so and I'm, that's I'm why not I really like hold stuff against people for you know. I really like talking with you about this stuff because you've been through it and you've come out on the other end. And so the idea that these guys have to be this stain that they committed the rest of their life just doesn't. It doesn't excuse the action. And that's exactly like the like I am still responsible for everything I did during my addictions. Correct. I'm not absolved of the poor choices and poor actions I made. But that doesn't but define also, me as a person today. Exactly. We don't uh, obliterate you for it every single day and say, remember these you know, uh, acts that you committed and just talk about it every single day. Like, and everything's case by case too because then you can bring up some other situations that have happened in college baseball. I'm like, well, does he move beyond? You know, I understand. It's not perfect. There's no cut and dry. It's never going to be that way. Everything's in the gray. This to me is a situation where We'll see how it goes with the courts. I think there's something this week with a with a trial. I don't. Um, and there was I'm something not... last week, and it wasn't going to be decided, and it's been pushed. And so okay, so so we'll see. But on the field, uh, we understand the severity of it. Off the field, we kind of set our so, piece but, there. But in but terms talk... of on the field, like don't like if I'm the Astros and I'm bringing this guy in, there's a ton of pressure on him. There's a lot of eyes on him. Why would I put him into the ninth? 
Yeah, I don't. I I'm with you that he's not going to start in the ninth right away. There's no way. There's I no way he'll the be. He'll be year. Like maybe next year he he's in the ninth. But I I think they depends just, how quickly he comes back. Let's see. I think Let's something see. bad needs to happen to Rondon first. You would think, but Rondon has never been given the full trust. Not just here. Also in Chicago, he would get. Remember when Madden mm-hmm. would kind of play? He only has the, ten saves. <laughs> it's crazy when you look at the stats that Hector Rondon's put up, and the fact that he's only only had ten saves in his life, um, or only had ten saves this year. It's crazy. He had like none last year. He had two good years back in fourteen to fifteen, but since then he's had a cumulative twenty-eight saves in three years. Yet been really 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 good although i will say in 16 17 he had a home run issue going back to what i was saying about kelly and you don't want a home run issue in the ninth this year he's only allowed two so as far as osuna goes if he's available and you needed saves what would you do mm. a decent bid or, or or what yeah i would do a decent maybe 30 what if you have what if you have what's his head uh what if you have rondone would you go harder to make sure that you have Houston on a lock? Yeah, I would. Okay. I think I, I want the handcuff. Because as okay. much as he's gotten there's been six, there were six saves so far or in, in the month of uh in the month of July for the for uh, the Astros. He got five of the six. Brad Peacock got the other one. It's also not been good necessarily That's true. in the month of July. Yeah. You know, five forty ERA. Um the strikeouts are fine, but uh so I, if I've got Rondon, I, I want to handcuff him with Osuna. Yeah, I, I would want to do that, and so uh, we'll, we'll see how that situation goes. Again, it's 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 a tough situation to really talk about because you, you focus on the baseball part of it, and you're like, well, there's such another part to to focus on. But uh, we'll see how everything goes there. Let's move on to our next deal here, and it's going to be Wilson Ramos. Speaking of Tampa Bay, like I said, they were just busy, 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 and they moved. Uh, Ramos out to Philly. And I like that Philly got in on the action, but I was a little bit surprised by this because uh, not that I think that uh, Ramos is better than the catchers they have, but I thought they kind of liked their Alfaro nap sort of deal. Not Again, not that it's great, but Alfaro's strong defensively and he's been hitting a little bit of late. Uh, and then nap is okay. Like They're both okay. I just thought that they were okay with it. But they say, you know what? No, let's go out and get a premium catcher. Ramos has been that. He's hurt right now, but he'll be back and they relatively paid nothing. Soon. They, it they, was free, dude. It was a player. It, it's a player to be named named later. Or named, cash. Named. Yeah. So, so it's I mean, they nothing. paid nothing for for a guy who's been like at least one of the best offensive catchers in the league this year. Like, yeah, they paid and, nothing for him. Like, if you're the Nationals, how do you not make this do, deal? That, like that, I, it fits I don't understand. So well, it. because like, bringing him back to yeah. the Buffalo, he's renowned there. He had that amazing year in '16. Um, you know, and, and unfortunately, it was cut short by the injury that allowed Tampa Bay to get him on the discount. Anyway, I thought that was a perfect move because I never, ever, ever, ever thought they were selling Harper. I thought maybe they would move some relievers if they quote unquote sold. But it would have been so stupid. So he would have been free. Oh. He would have been. And there's no long-term commitment because it's the last year of the two-year deal he signed with Tampa. So it just I, – I don't understand it from a Nationals perspective. From a Phillies perspective, I totally get it. He, he costs nothing, you know, and he's going to be – he'll be back in a few weeks. Uh, you know, they can send Nap down or, you know, whoever or even keep three yep. 
three guys on on the roster um, if they if they want to just use you know one of them off the bench or something though I, I don't know how why you do that in the National League necessarily but it's not like we haven't seen it um, so but I it's a nice little park adjustment so I mean Philadelphia is a better place to hit than Tampa Bay. Uh, it's going to be a, I think a pretty decent offense around him. As long as all the guys continue to kind of pick it up. I, uh, I like Ramos a lot. And if you need a catcher, especially in a two catcher NL only league, you're going to spend the money for this. What kind of, uh, what, what kind of, what kind of bid you putting on here? Cause catcher has been such a nightmare. Well, and, that, and especially in a two catcher NL only, if you're like in my, in my NL only, I've got, uh, Grandal and Barnhart. So like, I'm not. I'm not even going to spend a dime <laughs> to yeah, get him. You, uh, there's no know, reason. You know, I'll put five bucks on him out of my thousand dollar fab in case people forget or something like that. See, and talking about the forgetfulness and someone kind of moving down the scale a little bit, that could be Ramos because of the injury, mm-hmm. and so you could get a little bit of a discount. So twenty percent, fifteen percent, if you need it. I mean, I, the problem is like if you need it, he's such a huge upgrade over the twenty fourth, twenty third, twenty second catchers in in the National League. Yeah, that you almost want to put forty percent on it and just. I mean, don't don't go too hard on thinking that he's going to get overlooked. Like, put a substantial mm-hmm. bit because he's going to be a huge upgrade for somebody's team. Exactly, exactly. If you do Vickery, it could be one of those situations where you put the big bid and you end up getting him much cheaper than you thought. For those that don't know, Vickery's when um, it, you pay a dollar over the the second bid, and I agree, it's it's way better. But uh, so that's Wilson Ramos. He'll be back soon. He's looking to be back in like a week, week to ten days from now. Um, all right, couple moves that that aren't uh, is it intraleague. No, interleague. Hello, I'm an idiot. Yeah, that aren't <laughs> these are interleague. They're not interleague. Ian Kinsler to Boston, Lance Lynn to New York, and then Tyler Austin went back to Minnesota in that deal. So those three guys, uh, what do you think about the, uh, those three? Just give a quick thought on each of them. Kinsler to Boston, Lynn to New York, and Austin to Minnesota. I think Kinsler feels like a lateral move. You know, sure, he's going to better get... offense though. But so maybe counting category. Although he, he's going to he bat gonna... lower. Yeah, I was about to say, is he going to bat at the top of the lineup? very yep, often yep. You're so right. you're right you're right i think i think it's a lateral trade-off um and you know the only the only thing i worry about is if dustin pedroia comes back at some point does kinsler lose playing time because as much as he shouldn't dustin pedroia means something to that franchise that's true i think uh i think if that were the situation he came back healthy and looked ready to go i think they could move kinsler um on somewhere on the diamond and make like what, devers is out first yeah something like that because he's a sharp defender, especially at second. I think he could go fake another position for if he's hitting, right? He's kind of he's a, yet another one of those guys who if you cut him after a while, it's like it totally made sense because of how poorly he was playing and he'd been hurt. But now and you, you might be saying nothing because I mean he yeah. was dirt cheap on draft. Day, he he so. was cheap. I loved him. I thought he was gonna be a big bounce back this year. He hasn't been, but he has turned it on a little bit maybe, here. Maybe he becomes summer. a platoon partner with Moreland. Something like that. So, um, again, I agree with you on the lateral move because even if you account for the better offense, he gets pushed down the lineup. Uh, Lynn, as I mentioned, going to be I in the rotation because of, uh, oh because of Ray. <laughs> no, I don't. You're not dying to use the uh, the two-start week next week then for Lynn? I am not. No, okay. I, 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 want, I don't want anything to do with this. I just. What about Austin? Tyler Austin's been mega-blocked uh, in – 
in New York. Bird Bones has been there, several other, you know, it's just, it never really worked out. He did get some run this year, has a little bit of punch, but uh, we haven't seen a whole lot. This was his best extended run this year, 132 plate appearances, and he was about league average. He should get 40% of the time. Strikes out so much and is allergic to walking as well. Should get some burn here, though, in Minnesota. Do you see anything with Tyler Austin? I think he's more of a next-year play. Okay. Because uh, isn't Joe Ma- isn't this the last year of Joe Maurer's contract? That, so. It's mercifully done this year? I I want to say it is. I could be wrong. Yes, this it's is the last year. Mauer, eight years, by the way, $184 million contract that Joe Maurer uh, signed. I don't think that worked out. No, it didn't. So... Um, but so maybe this is uh, Mauer maybe retires. He's 35. Uh, you know, they, they put him out. Goes the into their front office. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Tyler Austin becomes the everyday first baseman for them next okay. year. So okay. keeper dynasty league, especially if you're keeping a lot of guys uh, or AL only, he could be a really cheap pickup right now. For this year, I don't think he's up before September. No, you're right. And because I was thinking he gets. And burn. Yeah, they um, got Logan Morrison I, and I Mauer. Forgot. Yeah. I completely forgot about Mauer. Sorry, Joe Mauer. I, I did completely. I was like, yeah, he's going to slot right in. I don't even think he's up right now. I think he went straight down to the yeah, minors. Yeah, so, he's, he's uh, he's right, that's, that's Tyler Austin. Um, okay. Keone Keller to Pittsburgh, Jake Diekman, Arizona. In, in holds leagues, uh, go ahead. Get put bids on both. I'm less concerned about that because hold league aren't as, uh, you know, they're not widely popular. Jose LeClerc to close in Texas, though, is what I really want to talk about. So if you want to put a passing thought on Kayla to Pittsburgh, Diekman to Arizona, go ahead. But I'm really focused on your thoughts of yeah, Jose LeClerc. I don't, I don't care about Diekman to Arizona. I am a little interested in Kella because we remember, you know, Vasquez dealt with elbow issues earlier this year. And if true, if something, but he did come off his best month just now. Sure. But I mean, long term, maybe those act back up. We've seen that happen before. So mm-hmm. uh, especially in dynasty keeper leagues, like I'm still rostering Kella. Uh, yes, he's definitely just, next. Mm-hmm. If, if anything happens to Vasquez, Kella's the guy. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, Deacon's a holds only guy. But LeClerc. He's had a hell of a season. I talked a lot about LeClerc last year because I thought he would be the guy who would run away with that job. Got uh, some trouble. Yeah, get a little bit of personality stuff. Uh, well, he, he also he couldn't he couldn't like find the zone at all. And like, true, it's true. not like he's not walking people again. Oh this wait, year. wait, wait. Sorry, it was Kayla who had the issues. Yeah, yeah. Kayla, Kayla. He got trouble for some string training. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Mm-hmm. But yeah, LeClerc had an eight walks per nine rate. Not mm-hmm. ideal. Yeah, and I mean it's still at four, which is huge. But uh, this, like, if he can harness that stuff a little bit, it, it's it's filthy. Um, he's Marmol right now. He's Carlos Marmol. Yeah, because even at his best, Marmol walked too many guys. But when you can't be hit, when you are literally unhittable, you can overcome it. Now there's a lifespan; it will blow up eventually. But we're not there right now with uh, with Leclerc. He's young enough that I I am now. Here's the thing. And we actually didn't talk about Baltimore's situation because they moved everybody who could possibly close. But their situation is so gross, and I did talk about it on the solo pod yesterday. Um, but similar to Baltimore, Texas isn't going to win that many games. But at least LeClerc is really good, and the games they do win, you could you could imagine them being close. So I, I say get him. Uh, he's probably already owned an A only, but I do think there's some mixers where he would have been available. So how hard are you going on LeClerc in a mixed league? 10 15% if I need them because I mean, there's other guys, and like you said, they're not going to win a ton of games down the stretch. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. 
That makes sense. One last move here. Adam Duvall to Cincy, another uh, interleague one. Preston Tucker, Matt Whistler, Lucas Sims to Cincy, uh, excuse me, at, to Atlanta for Duvall. And then Tucker, Whistler, Sims to Cincy. Four names, you know, four, four guys we all know. Uh, if you <laughs> Four fuck, names. Yeah, four names. <laughs> but, like, you know, four name players. I like Duvall going to Atlanta. He's a sneak tip solid defender, by the way. And so I think that that can help him get some playing time. I really expected better out of him this year. And the fact that that offense has done well in Cincy. I w- if you had told me that they were going to be a good offense again, uh, you know, with, with Jeanette following up, Votto still being good, even though he's not hitting for a lot of power, and even Suarez taking the next level, I could have believed all that. But I would have definitely said that it would have involved Duvall hitting well too and it hasn't he's been a nightmare um 83 ops plus with a 205 average his power has been okay but that's really been about it anything in atlanta with uh with duvall that you like no i mean he's oh. he's not even a starter like he's you know they're, they're not gonna they're not gonna play him over acuna inciarte or uh or marcakis uh maybe they platoon him you know a little bit but it just yeah I, i'm sorry just he he's not even left handed, so he can't even take you know advantage of the short porch. So yeah, that's true. That's and true. I like his pop. There. He's very heavy pull. Um, I like his pop. Like I said, I think he has solid defense, but playing time will be tough for Duvall unless he catches fire or someone Any, gets hurt, which could or, happen. Or, or, or Marquez yes. is ancient. NCRT is oh, always healthy. Super healthy though. Um, Marquez is sure, so as ancient as he is, he's still he does 35. keep himself in, well. There's nothing wrong with that. That's not ancient, okay? It's super ancient. It's like so no, old. Like I don't no, get like not, no, like how do it's you not. even live at that age? Oh my god, I'm gonna be 37 in two months. Oh my god, you're so like, who? Oh. I hate. I how hate does Social you. Security work? <laughs> All right, I got to go record P3. I'm out of here. No, uh, <laughs> Tucker, Sims, Whistler. Any of them you care about in Cincy, and if so, why? No. I, I, okay. I mean, like, I don't even understand, like, why Cincinnati does this deal. Why not? What What are you getting out of Duval? Why not take a shot on two guys, one of which you could turn into a quality relief arm? I, I mean, obviously both because you could. Because they've but got arms, like, in their minors that they keep, like, never putting, have too many arms. You, they keep you never putting have too these many. guys into the bullpen, and it's like, give Cody Reed and Amir Garrett a chance in the rotation. Like, I stop no. making. Oh. Garrett's not a starter. Garrett's not a starter. We'll never know. No. I liked this deal. No, we did know. We saw it last year. It was disgusting. He was great I, in stretches last year. He was great to start, and then, and then he, he started hurt. facing real teams, and he got killed. Amir Garrett, it should honestly, Amir Garrett should be a, a two to three inning guy, though. He doesn't need to be a one inning guy. I do, I do think he can turn the lineup over once, but that's really it. No, I, I don't know. I thought this wasn't a terrible deal here because what? What do you it's need? It's not Duvall a terrible for? deal. I, I just, I, I don't know, like why, like why, like it doesn't because it doesn't Tucker advance is, your team at all. I disagree. I disagree. I think Tucker is a younger version of Duvall. And then you get two arms, two live arms, one of which you could turn into something. I don't know. Like, what? why not? What the it. hell are you keeping Duvall for? And and you're not going to get anything better. Did they send uh, Tucker down to the minors? No, he's playing. Oh, okay. Because Ross Resource that... has him in AAA. No, no. He's already been playing. He's played two games. Okay. and. He batted ahead of Barnhart, so the lineup read He's Tucker and Barnhart. Version. He is a year younger. <laughs> He's a younger Tuck, version of Duvall. <laughs> it is his age 27 season. He's massively younger than 29-year-old Adam Duvall. You just <laughs> shut your dumb mouth. <laughs> 
Okay, he's been 28 for 28 days. Get out of here. God, in your old Luke, age, you're getting grumpy, Paul. Oh, my God. Lucas Sims or Matt Whistler, if you had to bet on one to become something, who would it be between those two? Uh, Whistler? Question mark? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's I, fine. I mean, that... Uh, I don't know. He he's been such a home run machine yeah. that I would actually say in Cincinnati's say yeah, no, in Cincinnati would so. Oh, good. Sims has been too. Jesus. Okay. Look, this, this Maybe... is the problem. Like neither of these guys are. I, I think I'm gonna go Sims. Okay. I, I think I am too. I oh, think yeah, Whistler. No, no, actually, no. I'm going Whistler. Okay. So we're 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 because at least there. Whistler's not walking guys. Like like that's that, true. Like he's and... showing a level of control. That could have that could be productive. Like, I'm pretty sure if I just saw it right, yeah, uh, almost seven walks per nine right now. For, for is that good? Sims, yeah. So is that good? No, that that's great, right? Seven. Okay, mm-hmm. no, it's terrible. And, and and he's had four four walks per nine in the minors too. So it's yeah. not just something where he came up a small sample and did that. But again, Duval, uh, I thought this was a fine move. And if it if nothing, if all three of them become nothing. Who cares? You took a shot, so that's why I didn't. See, I'd think rather it was the, see them just person. trade him for a bunch of low A guys with some upside in a few years. Like, like this does nothing for the franchise. This is like these... neither do some organizational filler garbage. But I like, think they have a better some chance. Upside guys, trade for some international bonus here. money. Well, like maybe the... that, but you know, Atlanta's not giving that up. They need to uh, use it They're to illegally. To <laughs> they need to use it to illegally get players. Come on now. They're buying some twelve-year-olds. Um, <laughs> all right, that's going to wrap it up. Trade extravaganzas in the books. I got to record the uh, the totem pole podcast. That's going to be a four-hour deal today. I'm actually going to have six guests. It's going to be great. Nice. Um, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. <laughs> We're so dumb. Um, uh, all right, Justin, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, you're moving. moving. So that's probably no yeah, nothing with, just, it's with uh, awful. Jason there. Okay, I, I've just well, wasted an hour and a half that my wife's going to be pissed about for so. She is, but you'll tell her it was with me. She likes me, so she'll be less angry. Um, Unlikely, but good luck. Moving's the worst, and uh, we'll talk. We'll talk next week. Definitely. Peace. Want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy baseball league? Well, look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Download SquadQL for free for your Apple and Android devices. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup each day based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. How does SquadQL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster, your league scoring system. The app also provides waiver wire recommendations, daily updates to player rankings, and much more. Head to the Apple app or Google Play stores to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy baseball manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy Lineup optimizer trusted by over 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android.